Deep in God's Word is a Bible study for women. Each month, your host, Cindy Colley, will discuss the study highlights and answer some of your questions. You can find more information about the Digging Deep Bible Study at thecolleyhouse.org. Now let's grab our shovels and dig into the meat of God's Word. Good morning. We are ready for part two of our 10 lessons about presumptuous sin from Numbers chapters 13 and 14, the account where the spies went into the land of Egypt, that part that you've been studying this month. I hope you have along with me. Hope you're having a great month so far. And we're going to dig right in. Last time we talked about how that uh, the 12 men who were chosen were heads. They weren't Johnny come lately, so they should have known the power of God. We mentioned that the 10 who were faithless weren't called on to make a military judgment. They presumed to go farther to say more than God had asked them to say. We also spoke about how that presumptuous sin is contagious. Others became afraid. In fact, the whole congregation became afraid and faithless at the word of these 10 men who presumed to report something that God never asked them to report. We then talked about how that presumptuous sin draws clear lines between the rebels and the faithful people. We expounded on that quite a bit. Then we talked about how that fearing people and rebelling people are the same people. That fear, faithlessness in the word of God leads to rebellion, active rebellion against his commands. Those things go hand in hand from chapter 14 verse 9. So today... First lesson today, this would be number six. Presumptuous sin always leads to a loss of control. Presumptuous sin leads to a loss of control. It might be self-control. And of course, we surrender our uh, power to resist temptation when we decide, when we just decide we know what's right, but we're going to go ahead and do the wrong. Then we surrender our escape that God promised us from the temptations that beset us through this lifetime. So presumptuous sin does incite a loss of control, but many times presumptuous sin incites a loss of crowd control, a loss of the ability for the powers that be to even maintain the dignity of people. And we see that in our society more and more when we have segments of our society that rise up in protest that's happening in Paris right now, rise up in protest over some political or social justice issue, and the the watchword of the day is just destruction. It is that we are going to destroy property of unrelated people even. We are making a statement about social justice or a political statement or a statement about the pro-choice movement or the pro-life movement, whatever it is, if we rise up and say, we're going to make a statement about social justice by the destruction of, of the property of innocent people, then we've lost control and we have just had, we have a segment of people who have just decided to rebel against authority and thus we end up with a loss of control by the powers that be in our society, a lack of respect for the God-ordained authority, whether it be completely righteous authority or not, God has ordained the authorities that exist in our civilization today. We learned that from Romans chapter 13, and we weren't talking about righteous governments in that time, but we were talking about the command from God to submit to the powers that be. Of course, that would be 
our submission to the United States government so long as it did not require, not allow notice, but require of us to disobey a command of God. Of course, we're not going to obey a command of our civil government that would require us to disobey God. But I don't believe we have those commands in our civil government today. We have commands that would allow us to dis we have laws that would allow us give us the leisure to disobey God but in our society we don't have laws that require us to disobey God and so therefore we as Christians today must submit to the authorities of our of our nation presumptuous sin incites a loss of control personally and a loss of crowd control and it indeed oftentimes incites rioting it incited awful sin in the lives of these people in numbers chapter 14 when the Bible tells us that the congregation verse 10 bade or ask they begged they were uh, crying out to stone Caleb and Joshua with stones and at that time, then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation, perhaps even saving the lives of Caleb and Joshua. Presumptuous sin in our churches and in our societies threaten the delegated authority that God has put in place and incite a loss of control. Number next, number seven, presumptuous sin ignores reason. Look at verse 14 of chapter 14 here. God has said, I'm just going to destroy the people. I will smite them with pestilence, and I will disinherit them, verse 12. And I will make of you, Moses, a greater nation and mightier than they ever were. And Moses said to the Lord, Oh, but God, the Egyptians will hear about that. They will hear that you brought up this people in your might from among them. And they'll tell it to all the inhabitants of Canaan, of this land. For they have heard that the Lord is among his people, and the Lord is seen face to face, and the cloud stands over them, and that you go before them by daytime in a pillar of a cloud, and in a pillar of fire. By They're going to hear about all the mighty things that you have done. Now, verse 15, if you kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of you will speak, saying, Oh, the Lord wasn't able to bring this people into the land which he sware to them. So he's slain them in the wilderness. Now I beseech you, Moses says, let the power of my Lord be great according as you have spoken. What Moses is really saying here in a plea to God is, please don't make me, you know, if it had been Cindy Colley, I might have said, oh Lord, you're going to make the Colleyites? Oh wow, I'm going to get to be the, the inheritance, you're great people. But Moses was the meekest man in all the earth, we find, and he didn't say that. He said, Lord, the Egyptians are going to hear that you didn't do what you said you would do. You didn't bring them into the land of Canaan as you said you would. And, and they're going to think that you're not very mighty if you couldn't control the people enough to bring them into the land of Egypt. And I know that I'm paraphrasing. I'm taking some liberties with that. But Moses was so meek that he said, oh, Lord, please don't destroy the people. But notice also that Moses' response was a reasoned one. He said, Lord, you have done all these mighty works. You're leading us around by, in the daytime, a pillar of a cloud, and in the nighttime, a pillar of fire. You made all those plagues in Egypt. You parted the Red Sea. And I'm paraphrasing again. But he reminds God, he reasons this out. 
And he understands that since God was able to do all of those things that they've clearly seen, that they've witnessed, that he's surely able to bring them into the land, that he's surely able to overcome any obstacles. And this was the exact logic that was being rejected by those who were presuming to sin. Those people who were presuming to sin and who were ignoring reason were simply turning their backs on a big body of evidence and they were not being reasonable people so presumptuous sin ignores reason number next the opposite of presumptuous sin obviously is a different spirit it's a spirit that follows the Lord no matter what. And we read about that spirit in chapter 14, verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed will possess it. I love that passage. That's the passage that was in my heart when I named my son Caleb. I wanted my son to grow up in holy follow the Lord. I wanted my son to have a different spirit from the one of the society in which he grew up. I wanted my son to trust in the promises of God and act upon those promises and never exhibit a spirit of presumptuous sin. The opposite of presumptuous sin is just giving it over. Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy following the Lord. Number eight, presumptuous sin often involves speaking against the Lord. It's not that we just don't believe the Lord. It's not that we're just faithless, but we start trying to convince other people. We start murmuring against the Lord in the ears of other people. Verse 27, God says as much. How long will I bear with this evil congregation who murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. We've got the word murmur in that verse three times. They were complaining, not just against Moses and Aaron, not just against Caleb and Joshua, but they were complaining against God himself. And he recognized that. When I think about this, I think about the word blasphemy. And I think about Titus chapter two, where older women are instructed to teach younger women to live a certain way. To live a certain way that is totally in opposition to the culture around us. To be keepers at home. Can you believe that? To be obedient to our husbands. How anti-cultural in the United States today can we be? That we're supposed to love our husbands and love our children and be women of chastity and discretion in an unhinged sexually immoral society we're supposed to be those things and at the end of that verse it says so that the word of god will not be blasphemed so that people will not speak evil about our lord god jehovah when we presume to act like the people around us faithlessly instead of deciding that we're going to trust god no matter what the culture around us is saying then we are like these Israelites and we are murmuring against God himself and those around us begin to blaspheme God on our account because 
of our faithlessness rather than fearlessness in following what God has asked us to do. So I love the connection between Titus chapter 2 and the reaction of people when we presume to live the world's way instead of God's way. Number nine, presumptuous sin ends in mourning. 14 verse 39, Moses at the word of the Lord goes ahead and pronounces what's going to happen to those people. Your carcasses are going to die in the wilderness. And the man that Moses sent to search the land, verse 36, who returned and made the congregation murmur, influenced the congregation to murmur against God by bringing up a slander on the land. Those people who were faithless rather than fearless, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died, verse 37, by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. And so Moses told these sayings to all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. Verse 40, they admitted, they said the words that are so hard for us to say, we have sinned. They mourned in the end. But it was not in time to avoid the consequences of their sin. There's a lake reserved, a lake of fire and brimstone, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It'll be a mournful end, Matthew 25, for those who sin presumptuously against God, who reject His way of salvation. There will be mourning at the end. Number 10, presumptuous sin leads to other presumptuous sins. We don't get out of chapter 14 before they're trying to fix their sin by presuming to do something else that God didn't tell them to do. Verse 44 says, The Amalekites, the Canaanites are there before you. You will fall by the sword because you're turned away from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord will not be with you. Don't go up there right now. I've told you you're going to have to wander in the wilderness. Don't you go up there and try to take them now that you've changed your mind and repented. Verse 44, But they presumed to go up to the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites which dwelt in that hill and smote them and discomfited them even to Hormah. They presumed again presumptuous sin, and sometimes even in trying to fix that sin, leads to more presumptuous sin until we just finally turn around and say, we are going to wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, we're going to wholly follow the Lord. Let's review them once more, and the lesson will be yours. These 12 men were heads, not Johnny-come-latelys. They, sh- they were rulers. They should have known the power of God. These 10 men who were faithless were not called on to make a military judgment. They were called on to go and spy out the land and give a report, not to decide whether or not to take the land. They were presumptuous in that report that they gave. Presumptuous sin is contagious. Others become afraid when when a small number in the congregation become afraid. And leaders should be very careful not to show faithlessness before the people of God. Presumptuous sin draws clear lines between the rebels and the faithful. It puts puts down a stake. Fearing people and rebelling against God go hand in hand. 
Number next, presumptuous sin incites a loss of control, many times even rioting. Number seven, presumptuous sin ignores wisdom, ignores reason. Number next, number eight, the opposite of presumptuous sin is holy following the Lord, as Caleb did in 14.24. Presumptuous sin often involves speaking against the Lord. I believe that's number nine. Presumptuous sin often involves speaking against the Lord. And that's in chapter 14, verse 27. And we tied that to Titus 2. Number next, and I think that's number 10, presumptuous sin ends in mourning. And we talked about the weeping and gnashing of teeth. That will be the ultimate end of presumptuous sin on the part of mankind today. And I think the last one is a bonus one. You number those and and let me know. I should do better about my numbering. I'm not very good at math, but I hope I'm giving you some good lessons from the Word of God today. Presumptuous sin leads to other presumptuous sins. And they presume to go up to that hilltop to try to fix the first presumptuous sin. You know what, ladies? We just need to give it up, don't we? We need to give up sin rather than trying to cover sin with more sin. We need to wholly follow the Lord. We need to decide that we are not going to be rebels, rebellious against the word of the Lord. No matter what the culture around us is doing, we are going to submit to his will, to his great authority. I hope you have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.